He was the great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Clout. Baseball historian Daniel Ukrant said of Babe Ruth, he was Beethoven and Cezanne. He was the original natural. And while he influenced people everywhere, the question I'm asking today is, who influenced him? Welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. Now, I've been sitting at my desk since early this morning, you can probably hear it in my voice, and working on the review for Jane Levy's book, The Big Fella, Babe Ruth and the World He Created. You can read that review and reviews of 51 other books I read in 2022 at onmywalk.com. Now, Levy's work was a delight to read. It is 600 pages of the Bambino for one part of one year, that year being 1927. Now, baseball fans know that the 1927 Yankees, well, they were one of the best teams ever. I mean, this was the team that included Murderer's Row. Look it up. The year of the Babe's 60 home runs. The year Lou Gehrig was more than his usual unbelievable self. And it was the year the Yankees swept the Pittsburgh Pirates in the World Series. The first time an American League team had ever swept a National League team. Now, in The Big Fella, Levy teaches us a lot about where Babe Ruth came from and who influenced him. Now, obviously, there are many people who played a significant role in Ruth's life and career. One of those was his agent, Christy Walsh. About Walsh, Levy writes, They were an unlikely pair. Ruth was all id. Walsh was super ego. Everybody knew Ruth. Walsh made it his business to know everybody it was important to know. What they shared was a kinetic restlessness. Walsh traveled 25,000 miles a year selling Ruth. Ruth traveled at least that much during the baseball season being himself. Now there's much to say about Walsh. The inside flap of Levy's book says this about him. He was business manager, spin doctor, damage control wizard, and surrogate father, all stuffed into one tightly buttoned double-breasted suit. Walsh, he helped Ruth navigate so much of his life. But when Ruth talked about the person whom he called the greatest man I've ever known, he wasn't referring to Christy Walsh. He was talking about an unknown Catholic priest by the name of Brother Matthias, Big Matt. Big Matt was six foot four and 225 pounds, chief of discipline, dorm prefect, and assistant athletic director, she writes. But he was more than that to Ruth. Listen to this. The Boston Evening Transcript ascribed to him a shambling gait and a quiet and diffident manner. He never needed to raise his voice. Electricity was his hobby. Baseball was his passion. On Sunday evenings after supper, Brother Matt provided the entertainment for 500 boys by hitting fungos with his right hand only that fell like snowflakes over the entire yard, Brother Thomas Moore wrote. As disciplinarian in an overcrowded school full of disenfranchised boys, Matthias had charge of a multitude of young souls. According to Westbrook Pegler's 1920 confabulation, he singled out little George on his first night at St. Mary's, 
proffering a lifeline in the form of a bat. I made the Colts, the smallest ball team in the institution, as catcher, and it was only a couple of days later that I stepped up to the plate with the bases full, measured a nice groove ball, and socked it over the center fielder's head for the first home run of my career. In his playing days, Ruth would credit Brother Matt for his pigeon-toed gait and his uppercut swing, saying he was born as a hitter the first time he saw Matthias hit a ball. In his dying days, Ruth would credit him with teaching me how to play ball and how to think. He called Brother Matthias the greatest man I've ever known. Pegler's account omitted the role others played in Ruth's development. Brother Herman, the director of athletics, under whom St. Mary's won its first city championship in 1897, and Brother Albin, an Englishman, who played first base on many of the teams he coached. I've heard older brothers say Brother Herman was the real discoverer of Babe Ruth when he was a new kid standing off to the side, shy, Brother Arcadius recalled. But he always stayed out of the limelight instead of claiming any fame to Babe Ruth. Of course, Many brothers at St. Mary's would say they taught Babe Ruth, even though they weren't born yet. What fascinates me about the greatest man I've ever known is Big Matt's desire to remain anonymous. And my aha moment in this particular portion of the book is the relationship that Levy describes so well. She writes, Brother Matthias always stayed out of the limelight instead of claiming any fame to Babe Ruth. I don't want to take away anything from the impact of Christy Walsh on the life of Babe Ruth. Christy Walsh was an advertiser, and advertisers promote, but, but mentors, mentors guide, mentors give wisdom, mentors coach, and they do it silently behind the scenes. You see, mentors, they don't need to claim the credit because credit is not what they're after. They are pursuing our best interest. Ruth said about Big Matt, he taught me how to play ball and how to think. And as I reflect on Big Matt and George Herman Ruth, I think about other people who played a similar role to Brother Matthias in the lives of other people. And like Big Matt, we only learn about them after the fact. There was Priscilla and Aquila who came alongside the brilliant first-century apologist for Jesus, whose name was Apollos. And Luke, the author of Acts, said that Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But Priscilla and Aquila, after hearing him, said, you know, something doesn't ring quite right. And they invited him to their home to help explain the way of God more adequately. You can read about that in Acts 18, particularly verse 26. Like Brother Matthias, this was one of those times when they were teaching him how to play ball, so to speak. I think of Edward Kimball, the shoe salesman and Sunday school teacher who shared the gospel with Dwight L. Moody, changing Moody's life forever. I think of Mr. Miyagi and the way he influenced Danielson in the film The Karate Kid. Miyagi quietly coming alongside and teaching Daniel how to play ball, so to speak, how to think, wax on wax off. It's Proverbs 20, verse 6, that tells us many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. 
and mentors, like Brother Matthias, are those kinds of faithful people, quietly working behind the scenes to help others grow stronger. So as we begin this new year, I'm asking myself, who are you going to devote yourself to this year, Tommy? Who are you going to teach how to play ball? Who are you going to teach how to think? And like the budding Ruth, it's probably someone in whom we see potential. And we know with a little time and effort, we can help to do our little part to help them along to bigger things. You know, great people don't need the limelight. Great people work to stay out of the limelight because the focus is not the limelight, but preparing those in whom they invest to shine, to shine in their work or their parenting, or their writing, or their learning, or their teaching, or in their business, in their lives. And that's my thought on my walk with Jane Levy and the big fella, Babe Ruth, and the world he created. My question for you is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today? 